Okay, everyone, welcome back to the podcast. Today, we have a very special guest. He is actually my network marketing coach. I have had the opportunity to work with him for almost, I don't even know, what are we at? Seven months? We, I don't know. Yeah. Yep. And um, I've talked about him on my live videos. I've referenced his work to my team for years. I've reshared his podcast on my Instagram stories for years. We have Bob Heilig on today and we are going to pick his brain. He has so much knowledge. And like I said, he's been coaching me for one-on-one for this past year. And I have just appreciated all of my time with him. And I hope that you guys can learn a bit from him too. So Bob, jumping right into it, I want you to kind of tell my audience, obviously the bulk of them is going to be social sellers, but tell them how you got involved with network marketing and then how you've kind of spun out into being an industry expert. Yeah, of course. But before I do that, can I just say publicly, I'm sure I speak for your audience, how excited I am that Jackie has a podcast now. (laughs) Thank you. <laughs> I am About very time. and I am very excited and I'm very honored to be on it. So yes. I just want to thank you so much. There. Yeah, but uh, yeah. So uh, you know, I'll give the super abridged version of my story. Um, you know, I've been around this profession for the better part of 20 years now. There was a a span of about five years where I I wanted nothing to do with it. And I swore I would never do anything like this again. My first season in network marketing, um, I was, you know, I struggled to ever really see big success. I made some money, probably like a lot of your listeners where I got caught in the purgatory of making like anywhere from a thousand to three, 4,000 a month. Like that was the roller coaster that I was on for years in my business that I could never kind of break through. And I got to a point where the the company that I was with there, we were really misaligned in, mm-hmm. in terms of my mentorship and my values, mm-hmm. right? I was introduced to network marketing in what we call a very transactional world where it was all just about making money and showing success and fake it till you make it. And people are numbers and that started to really kind of wear on me after a while because I just was like, you know, this this is not what I believe and this is not how I live my life. And mm-hmm. I, I just don't know if this is something that I want. And but I only had that. I, I didn't know any other companies. And this is back in, you know, the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. So it's not like today where you're, you know, you're following other people on social media and you see the culture of different types of businesses. I just knew what I knew. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, I'm, I'm, I don't want to do this anymore. I got out of the profession. I got into medical sales. I had a quote unquote, good job that all my mm-hmm. friends wanted. And about five years later, I just started getting the itch again. You know, I was like, I'm, I'm like, I just, I feel like there's something bigger out there for me. And I know, I just know working for someone else is not going to help me achieve that goal, whatever it is. So I got back into the profession I swore that if I was going to do it, I was going to learn, I was going to take what I learned the first time around and I was going to do it on my terms and I was going to do it in a way that felt authentic to me. I've always been somebody that has, um, you know, like truly I love making money. Okay. But the, but I equally value, if not more really helping and serving people. I just get so much joy and fulfillment out of knowing that I've made a difference in someone else's life. And so I thought to myself, I shouldn't have to choose one or the other. 
And so I said, what if I just tried to do it the way that feels right to me and see if that can make me money? And that's what I did the second time around. I did things very different. We'll talk about some of the things I did different. Yeah. It's kind of it's kind of the basis for what we teach today. And um, and I did it differently. And I had a much different result. I was able to create a lot of success that second time around. I walked away from my full-time career. Yeah. I was living the dream, focusing on doing this. I was a top leader in my company, spoke on stages. I had whatever, you know, anything you ever wanted. And then in 2015, the company that I was working with went out of business. It was a startup. <clears throat> it was kind of a crazy business model. We were in the energy space. So we were marketing gas and electric service, which seemed like it was an amazing thing to market because it like everybody was already spending the money and it was intangible, yeah. but it ultimately became the reason why it failed because gas and electric are their commodities. And so you have no control on pricing. And so for a while, pricing was really advantageous to us getting customers. And then it wasn't, and that derailed the whole business. And so I always feel like it's important that I talk about that because people hear, oh, a company went out of business. It went. It was a byproduct of the particular type of business we were in, which doesn't lend itself very well to this type of a business. Mm -hmm. And so in 2015, I had the, the rug completely yanked out from underneath of me. I was newly engaged. Um, my wife at the time, my then fiance, Shannon, was very supportive of what I was going through, but I'm sure she was probably feeling a little scared. Like, what, what's, what are you going to do? And that was the thing that kind of started the process of me taking a different path. You know, I started doing videos and leaning into social media because I was just thinking, I'm like, well, you know, I want to, in case something like this ever happens again, I want to know that I've built some equity into something else. And, and I just started doing videos every single day on an app called Periscope. I woke up every morning and I went live at 8 a.m. And I just was teaching and I was doing what we teach today. I was serving, I was helping. I had nothing to sell in terms of a course or coaching. I just showed up for six months and I was just doing the do. And then that eventually turned into kind of a business where we did coaching and courses. And yeah. fast forward to today, seven years later, it's been a heck of a ride. And I, I always feel like people want to know this. Like there's so many industry experts out there that we respect. Like I've interviewed a couple of them already on the podcast and I'm thinking of like Kristen Boss right now and yourself and Ray Higdon, just all the names out there. And this, and I'm asking this question because it's my podcast and I ask the weird questions, but what makes, what made you decide to pivot out of network marketing and decide that it was time to like put it to rest and be like, I'm going to go serve the industry instead. I feel like that's a question on a lot of social sellers. Yeah, minds. It's a good question. Um, I felt called to something different. I like it. That's sometimes you know, there's, that feeling. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There, there's nothing wrong with like being a leader in a network marketing company, I would argue is one like, cause here's the thing. Like I have a company now. I have employees. I have payroll. I have 401ks and health insurance. And I have all the headaches of a business that a leader in a network marketing company does not have, right? I've got advert like, and so, you know, there it's their grass always feels greener on the other side. Yeah. And so I just feel like, like being a leader in a network marketing company is one of the best possible professions that you could choose. It, it totally. just is. And so I, I got that, but I just couldn't, 
fight this feeling that God was calling me to something different. Mm -hmm. And here, this was what was part of it for me, Jackie, is as I was doing these videos and just kind of sharing what I had learned in my lessons, what I realized was that there were so many people in this profession that were in some way like I was in that first go around that I had, where they were being taught strategies and ways to build their business that did not feel aligned with their values and who they were and what they wanted to build. And they were really struggling and they were amazing people. And they just really, you know, I remember so many times I would hear people say, Bob, I just, I want to help people so bad in my business and I don't know how to do that. And to me, it would be very clear because I would, you know, what I would say is you have an approach to building your business that's not aligned with your values. And so my purpose really was born out of my own personal experience of being introduced to the profession one way and actually figuring out another way to do it, which today we call Love, Serve, Grow and a transformational approach. I started really seeing the the big the vision and the mission of helping people understand there's a better way to do this. Mm -hmm. I love that because I mean, it's no secret that our industry can be villainized and there are a lot of things to take a hard look at that are not right. And, and at times people will write it off as just the industry is broken, but I just love that you bring up such a like clean up the industry approach and offer clear systems and a program and community for so many network marketers to go and take part in. Um, so thank you for clearing that up. And just yeah. so you guys know before I, we go ahead. Can I comment on something you Please said? Do. So I don't think that the industry is broken. I think okay. the I think the way that we sell and market in the industry is broken. Why do we do it though? Like why, why is it like not human nature? Cause I feel like it's not even human nature, but why do we go it versus your approach? It's the easier approach. It's the, it doesn't it, work. It feels, I know, but it feels like it's the, it, it's the easier approach in a couple of different ways. Number one, you know, so let's just take content as an example, you know, what and, and, Look, you don't need me to teach content here. This is your thing. But when you look at the way that most people talk about their businesses, it's the easier thing to do because they don't have to really get uncomfortable and they don't actually have to develop the skills and go through the hard, painful process of sharing themselves through their content. Look, I get it. It's crazy. It doesn't work and they still do it. But here's the thing is in our type of a business, a lot of the people that are doing it, they don't need it. They've got a full-time job. You know, they're at home. They want to do something different. Like if every single, so imagine this for a second. If every single person that was in this profession was be required was required to invest $50,000 to start their business, and that for some people meant that they would have to mortgage, put a second mortgage on their home or take out a loan or whatever, I promise you, they would not be running their business the way because the second that they the second they realized that something wasn't working, they would do everything in their power to figure out a better way to do it to create the results that they want. So they're they they don't have enough people don't have enough skin in the game to really mm. force them to go through the painful process of growing and evolving and becoming better. I like that. That's it's you know the very reason why we have so many people join us is because it is such low low cost to get in, but 
it does make absolute sense. It's kind of like whenever I, the more expensive the course I buy, the more after I tell my husband, Hey, I'm going to put it out on my Google calendar. I just bought a course last week. And I was like, I'm going to put it in my Google calendar. I'm going to tell you when I'm going to work on it, that there's this more, this higher thing. So, okay. This is good. This is excellent. So if you guys are not familiar with Bob's work, which I feel like you guys are going to be familiar with his work, but one thing that I've just noticed he's shifted to, obviously you've always been a thought leader. Like everything that you've put out there that's drawn me to you for years and years has been because it is being said differently than what's being taught. (laughs) And I like that. So I, you know, I'm thinking back to love, serve, grow. And I think I even did your next level leadership um, where you like helped with systems and things like that. I'm always joining all your free crap that you do. It's amazing. But one thing that's just stood out to me this year is the the conversation you're bringing to conversations and how network marketers are are holding conversations and i feel like that's just such like a hard stop moment i want to have today is unpacking what that looks like and why it's a lifeline to so many network marketers business so can you tell me a little bit on why you got put onto the idea of pursuing conversations for network marketers yeah, it was really us adapting and evolving to the marketplace. You know, when you look at, um, so let's just define what a, you know, when we say conversations, the term that we use kind of synonymously with that is sales. Okay. And, you know, sales. So by definition, it's so funny. I had somebody say to me the other day, they said, Bob, you use the word sales a lot in what you do. And we don't, in our company, we don't consider what we do selling right? We just, we share. And I say, okay, I go, are you on on the internet? Can you go Google the definition of sales? So by definition, sale is an exchange of currency for product or goods. So in what world can you tell me that what you do is not selling, right? It's sales. We have a very perverted relationship with the word sales in this profession. Mm -hmm. We're afraid of it. We don't think we do it. Because we've only been taught one style of selling, Mm -hmm. which we call transactional sales. Mm -hmm. What I've actually, you know, if you really think about it, all sales is, here's our definition. A sales conversation is a conversation with a specific purpose. Mm -hmm. There is an action that you want someone to take. So if you're having a conversation with your products, the action is you want them to buy or try the products. If it's about your business, you either want them to join or you want them to look at your business. You're having sales conversations every day, whether you want to admit it to yourself or not. The problem is if you're if you're not admitting it to yourself that you are, that's probably the reason why you're bad at it. I'll tell you the seismic shift that's happening in our profession right now. It's from inbound selling to outbound selling, meaning that over the last couple of years, because of just COVID and just the fact that everybody was was online and they had nothing to do, when you think about 2020 and 2021, all you had to do was really just be consistent posting and talking about what you do. It didn't matter how you did it. You were going to make sales, right? And so if for your listeners, think about how often and how... People would just come to you, asking you about your products, asking you about your business, and then think about how infrequently that has been happening this year. Mm -hmm. So what happened was it was all about marketing, 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 content, content, content. 
And then now that's dried up. Now, it's not to say that marketing still isn't important. It is important, right? I would say it's actually more important today than it was back then because the opportunities are harder to get today. Mm -hmm. But what the skill set that's really missing for people is selling. They don't know how to actually start a conversation with someone, right? It's like we're so overly reliant on the algorithms of Instagram and Facebook, like somebody engages with a post about our business or somebody comes to us. You In this economy over the next two to three years, if you want to build a business that thrives, the single skill that will be at, will give you the biggest return on, on your time is learning how to sell, learning how to have a conversation with someone that creates enough value for them wanting to take a look at what you do. Mm -hmm. Sales has always been the number one skill in business. It's interesting, you know, Jackie, you're an, you're an incredible marketer, but part of the reason why you're such a great marketer is because you're so good at selling. Mm -hmm. Marketers don't talk about selling, but if you really think about it, that's all that content is, is you're having a sales conversation out loud. Now, when I say sales conversation, here's where people get it wrong. A sales conversation isn't you necessarily pitching and promoting what you do. That's what we call a transactional sales conversation where you're product focused. See, what we teach is transformational selling. Transformational selling or transformational conversations, the primary goal is problem solving. As a, if you're really, if you're doing sales the right way, you're a paid problem solver. And so what we do is we teach people a, an approach to sales that feels like serving and to the other person doesn't even feel like they're being sold at all. I love that. That's, that's huge. And it should feel like those that are listening, that should feel like you can take a deep breath because <laughs> I'm with you. I hear it a lot of times. I don't care about the sales. Like it's not about the sales for me. It's all about just serving. These are things I hear in my DMs. Yeah. Here's, my here's the problem with this, okay? If you don't think you do something, you're not going to spend much time actually trying to develop the skill or learn how to do it. I don't sell, I share. Okay, so what are you going to do? You're going to focus all your time on marketing and content and learning how to do, you know, maybe my problem is I just need to do reels and I need to be on TikTok. I need to do stories. And it's all content, 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 content. And listen, content is important. Mm -hmm. But- what good is content if you aren't skilled in actually learning how to talk to the people mm -hmm. that come to you as a result of the content? And so when we think about the marketplace today, here's what consumers want. They're spending money, but they're looking to get maximum value out of mm -hmm. every dollar that they spend. And mm -hmm. part of the value of interacting with a business or a brand or a person is the experience that we have doing it. And so when I look at the way that most people talk to other to prospects in their conversations, it's completely product focused. It's pitching, it's talking, it's telling. You're creating a bad experience for people because what that does is it triggers their sales resistance because they feel sold, right? Mm. And you're not creating enough value. Like, you know, this is what most people do that we work with. Hey, have you ever thought about doing this? Right. You see that all the time. <laughs> I have do. you ever thought I, I mean, was teaching that method, but I've definitely well, switched but, it up. Listen, but it, it, like 
you, you know, you should do this. You can make a couple of bucks. Making a couple of bucks and you should do this is not good enough in 2023. It was okay in 2020 because they didn't have anything else to do. Mm-hmm. And you were actually doing them a favor by giving them something else to do. But you're not going to get people's attention. You're not going to get the right people's attention today, the ones that you really want to work with. And so you have a responsibility inside of a conversation. You need to learn how to actually do it in a way that gets people more interested, not less interested. Now, the thing about this is it's very counterintuitive. The more you talk, the less likely they're going to be to be interested. Hmm. You need to learn how to be skilled in asking the right questions and being able to share what you do as a solution to something that that per- particular person is struggling with. It's it's a process. Which it's, takes it's, care, which, I mean, simply put though, this is all of a sudden the answer that everyone wants. It means caring about people, but it's just ironic that you bring it to the space of actually holding these conversations. I love that you're doing this. I mean, I'm, I'm going to say this year, but I feel like this is something you're going to do ongoing is teaching conversations. But again, I just like, I've yeah. really been woken up to it myself with you this year. Well, I have um, no choice because I started writing the book on it. So I'm going oh, okay. to at least be talking about it for the next couple of years. Okay, good. Um, I believe so strongly that this is the biggest missing piece. And this will ultimately be the difference maker for people over the next two to three years. I'm writing an entire book just on that one topic of transformational conversations and helping people start to see the concept of selling through a totally different lens. I like that. The thing is too, Bob, as I am, I would consider myself a content gal. Like I love content. Content gets out, content's outdated. Like a training I did six months ago is already outdated. Like on Instagram stories, on reels, like, you know, it's, it's an ever-changing space. And maybe that's why I like it. I have a lot of ADHD. Like I'm willing to like do the research, train my audience on it. But what I notice about what you're digging into is this is such like a, like priceless skill to teach people, like not even just network marketers, but like anyone on how to sell is just knowing how to speak to people properly. And that's, that's ultimately for my listeners, I would, I hope that you guys arm yourself in putting more value in a conversation than a real. Yeah. Well, let, here's a different way to get your audience to think about it. Cause this will be a major reframe of their mindset. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Sales is a way easier skill to teach to a new person than marketing is. Mm. <laughs> if now listen, if you're if you're recruiting somebody that's already an influencer and has already been building a following on social media and you know she's just adding something okay, different. But the average person that's going to join your team is not that. Mm-hmm. And so especially for people that really haven't ever created content in the way that we're talking about, to teach them how to do that well is so much harder and it takes so much more time than just teaching someone how to have a conversation in a way that actually creates value for what they do. Yeah. Selling is a way more important skill starting out for people starting out. And so where I kind of will caution some of the clients that I work with and redirect them is when I see that they 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 immediately shift into 
content and they spend too much time on teaching marketing to new people, mm -hmm. but not enough time teaching the basic skill set of selling. And when I say teaching selling, it's just giving them a framework for a conversation where they're not just pitching and talking about what they do, but they're actually leading with problem solving. And they're talking about, Hey, here's the reason why I did this. Cause I've been struggling with this thing and I'm looking to help people that are dealing like you're leading with helping and problem solving instead of telling me all the details about your products and compensation plan, which is what every other salesperson does. And that's why you trigger people. Mm -hmm. So teach, spend some time teaching them how to sell, you know, mm -hmm. from a coaching standpoint, you and I have been digging into this. Look at their conversations. Like yeah. you want to coach, you want to, you want to know how you coach somebody in 2023 to better results. Look at the actual conversations that they're having mm -hmm. and you will within a moment's notice, you will be able to see very clearly why they're not having success because mm -hmm. they're operating from an old outdated playbook from 2020 that doesn't work anymore today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. I actually got off a onboarding call this morning and when I when I am recruiting people in my business, I think a lot of times they are thinking they're going they're not all the time, but they think they're joining me cuz I'm going to be their marketing master that's just going to tell them how to caption all their reels and I enjoyed today's conversation with a new gal because I was like we're not even going to talk about your content. Like I was like, I, I'm not going to take a look at your reels. I don't care if you posted a reel. I don't care if you've got much content happening on Instagram. And immediately went into showing her the framework for a proper conversation to have to seeing if our product is even a fit of interest for her warm market. And I do want to credit you for kind of like helping me shift from being like, all right, we're going to make this real, this real, and this real. It's like, nope, we're going to slow down and talk about it. And so from a leadership standpoint, any leaders listening, this is just much more duplicatable, <laughs> like yep. so much more duplicatable. I, I know in our company right now, we've, we've had a huge surge of what I, I don't even know if this is a word, but virality of like just a lot of viral creators. And it seems like it's everywhere. But what I, one thing I'm noticing is that with these viral creators is, oh, shoot, how do I teach that to the average person? And yep. um, that's why I love this approach because it's like, bing, light up, you know, the, the, the like sun shining down. It's like, we don't have to always replicate our virality because that's really hard. Content is an art, um, but conversations is more so just like human nature. It's just adding a framework to it. Yeah. And here's the problem. Virality has a life cycle. Ah, uh, yeah. Look, I've been around this profession for 20 years and I've been coaching for the last seven. Mm -hmm. Just in the last seven years alone, I look at the companies that were the hottest companies when I first started coaching mm -hmm. that ba you barely even, they're still around, but you barely hear anybody talking about them today. Wow. Because- the problem was, is that, you know, they rode the the wave of company momentum and virality and being the hot new thing. And, but that always begins to fade. And the problem is we talk about, you know, there's different types of momentum in, in your business. There's, there's three types of momentum. There's company momentum, there's team momentum, and there's personal momentum, right? Sometimes your, your business grows because you're just in a hot company that just, you know, your particular company is kind of people have benefited from that. Mm -hmm. There's personal momentum, meaning that you're just a super seller and you just crush it. Mm -hmm. What you're really looking for is team momentum. Mm -hmm. And so team momentum is really not dependent on either of those two things. Think about how many people like they're, they are their whole business. 
Mm-hmm. And so if they stop, the business stops. Mm-hmm. And what I also see is when company momentum begins to slow, and it always does, if you haven't done the work as a leader to build the foundation for sustainability mm-hmm. and duplication, meaning that you know things like we're talking about, mm-hmm. putting simple systems into place that create duplication, building up leaders, right? Investing into people, growing team. When company momentum slows, it just falls off the rails. People's businesses take a nosedive and then they freak out. And then in the world we live in today, the solution is I'll just go to another company and I'll think that the company was the problem and it's often not the problem. And and so for me, it's like there are certain timeless principles that I just know if you do certain things well, that you're setting your business up, not just for a season of success, but for long-term impact and growth. That's what we teach. That's what I want. I want to be able to set people up to build a business that actually wins long-term for them. I like that. I like that a lot. That's something a lot of people, I feel like in my own company, my own business need to hear that too. I wanted to kind of see if we could do like a little bit of a mock-up conversation. And Yeah, and- sure. I'd love to see how you handle it. So for actually, before we do that, I wanted to ask, so is asking someone about joining you in there, in your opportunity, is that out? Like, or is that still definitely on the table? Tell me like, yeah, I mean, at, at some point you have to ask somebody if they want, if they're interested in joining you. Okay. I just think that there is a certain order and there's a time in which that happens. Okay. And so for me, it's not just about asking. So you can ask anybody to join you at any time that you want. Okay. Okay. There's nothing wrong with asking that question, but the problem is that if you haven't done, like it, it depends on what you've done up until that point. Mm -hmm. If you're out of the blue asking me, chances are 99 out of a hundred times, the answer is going to be no. And the reason why the answer is going to be no is because I don't yet really understand why, what you do, how it could be important or meaningful to me in my life. So Mm -hmm. people will seriously consider what you do if they believe that what you do can help transform their life in a way that's important to them. So when we think about offering what you do, it's not like a one size fits all thing. If I'm talking to a stay at home mom, that's a customer of mine. And through the course of conversations, I've found out that she um, would love to go back to work She misses working, but she's limited in terms of finding something that's flexible where she can be home with the kids. Mm -hmm. And when I actually present what I do and I say, hey, Jackie, if I could actually help you start a career that would be fun and financially rewarding and still give you the time to stay home with the kids, is that something that you would be open to looking at? Mm -hmm. In the context of that ask, 10 out of 10 times, I'll get a better result. Interesting. Because I'm, I'm sharing it to them in a way that's important and meaningful to them. So what we don't see though, is the, the volume back and forth of just getting to know your customers and caring about them. Is that right? There's like this, this level of asking them questions to find out that she, cause she's not, your customer base isn't going to just tell you, I hate my job. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's not, look, it's not that it's not that the people that are listening to this don't care about their customers. Right, of course not, yeah. But what's really at play here, and I'm going to keep coming back to this, they're not skilled at selling. And so you've you've got them as a customer. You've gotten, you know, when you think of your sales site, like your sales process, becoming a customer is a step in a bigger process. Eventually, you hope 
that someone can ascend to becoming an artist or a consultant or whatever you call it, right? And so what's going to happen between I bought your product and I want to introduce the business to you, that's still part of the sales process. And so what shifts is you become more, we call it, you become more purposeful and intentional about the kinds of questions you ask and conversations you have. And so if we can just, if, if I can simplify, mm -hmm. transformational selling is built on problem solving, mm -hmm. right? Now to solve a problem, you need to find a problem. And so what you really are when you're having a transformational conversation is you're looking your problem finder. Now, when we think about your business, the question we have to ask ourselves is what are the problems that we can help solve through a business like ours? Well, to try to make things simple, we, we categorize the problems in three buckets. It's either money or opportunity. So you might have a stay-at-home mom that needs to work to help her family financially. You might have a working woman, man, mother, father that is feeling stuck in their career because they don't have earning potential and they know they want, they have bigger goals and dreams could be related to time. The second one is related to time. It's like flexibility, choice, freedom. Could be a working parent that um, is tired of choosing between career and family and would, needs to work, wants to work, loves working, but also is recognizing that their priorities have changed and they, want, they would love the idea of a more flexible career. Now, here's the thing. In some cases, someone like that might not even be looking because they don't know that something exists that could help them. And so part of it is that you're just, you're opening people's minds up to something different than they even realized was possible in the beginning. The third one is purpose and meaning. Purpose and meaning could be at home. You know, the example we shared earlier, stay at home mom feels like something's missing, needs something else in her life, wants to feel like she's making a difference. Could be just someone stuck in a job or career that they don't like anymore and they want something new and exciting. But like, if you really think about it, it's going to be a problem in one of those three areas. So what we teach our clients to do is we teach you how to come up with questions. We call them problem questions. They're questions that will lead a conversation in an area, one of these three areas, to discover if there's a problem. So I'll give you a very simple example. I use this one quite a bit. Let's take the stay-at-home mom that um, is a new customer of yours, mm -hmm. and you don't know much about her yet, right? You know, you sell makeup, so maybe mm -hmm. she bought makeup from you, and you you might not even have met her. She just bought off of one of your your stories or reels, and mm -hmm. but she's a customer of yours now. So my goal is I want to try to connect with this person, find out who they are, and assess. I'm always assessing need. Does she have a need for something beyond just my product? Mm -hmm. So maybe I'm having a conversation with her through messenger. Maybe I'm on a zoom with her, depending on how you run your business and how many customers you're enrolling. But all I'm going to do is I'm going to be really intentional about asking questions to get to know her in certain areas to try to find that potential problem. So I'll give you some examples of some purposeful or problem questions. I could ask you, I could say, so Jackie, just curious, um, you know, uh, I know you're at home with the kids now. Did you work before you had kids? Okay. That's a purposeful question. 
right? So think about it. You could ask that question to anybody anytime, but the 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 intention behind it is I want to guide the conversation in the area of work because I know I want to, because where I'm actually like, I know where I'm going with it. Mm-hmm. I want to find out, is she somebody that feels like something's missing in her life and maybe she would like to go back to work? Mm-hmm. And so I'm asking a series of questions to get to know her to try to look for some dissatisfaction. Mm-hmm. She might say, yeah, I was a nurse and great. What made you get into that line of work? And it's just a totally like this is a kind of conversation you would have with anyone. Right. And, and that might be it in the first conversation. Like, that's it, you know, like that. But I'm I'm making note of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Maybe a week later, following up with her. Hey, did you get the makeup? How do you like it? And I just asked some more questions. Hey, I was thinking about what we talked about earlier mm-hmm. about, you know, how you were, you know, you, you, you used to be a nurse and do, I'm wondering, do you miss that at all? Mm-hmm. It's a great question to ask, right? Mm-hmm. Miss it? She might say, yeah, you know, I do miss it. And w- would you ever consider going back to work? That's another really good purposeful question. And so what I'm just paying attention to is how she responds. Now I'm, I'm overly simplifying this just so you know, That's okay. there's there's a, there's a nuance to this because you know part of the part of the challenge when we become when we start getting skilled at asking questions you don't want a conversation to feel like an interrogation yeah what we do is we actually teach these other strategies now by the way i'm going to come back to it again all of this is the skill set of selling see the skill of selling is made up of all these small little frameworks that we use for having conversations with people so that it it does feel like an authentic, organic back and forth. And so there's these different things that we layer in in between the questions, acknowledge, relate, and share, acknowledge, compliment, and ask. Like these are the little pieces mm-hmm. that we'll teach as a skill set. But eventually I might get to the point where I'm realizing like she's actually looking for something. And, and, and so I have that and it's just in my pocket. Mm-hmm. Maybe in that conversation, I bring it up to her, if I feel like it's authentic at that point and it's organic and I have the time, it might be the next time I talk to her. But when I bring it up, what I'm going to do is all I'm going to do is repeat to her exactly what I already know about her. And I'm going to say, Hey, if I could actually help you in that area, would that be something you would be open to hearing about or taking a look at? Cause mm-hmm. I think you would be great at what I do. And as a matter of fact, that's one of the reasons why I got into this business in the first place is I was searching for purpose and meaning. And now, so I start relating to her through my story or I share the story of somebody else that I work with that mm-hmm. is relatable to her. So like, if you were to do that, mm-hmm. you will be absolutely amazed at how differently people respond to you and how much better your results would be. Well, and it seems to me like I'm all about squeezing the last bit of juice out of everything. Like I remember back in the day when I was first getting started, like if I was going to invite someone over to give them a makeover, I was going to have them tag me on an Instagram story. I was also going to do a live video. I was also like, I was always about like taking something I did for my business and getting as much as I possibly could out of it. And it seems like this is like essentially that, that like we are glazing over you know, we're just looking for the sales. Like the other day I had a girl message in and she says, how do I turn my views into sales? And if you're listening to the girl, I did answer your question, but I just thought, whoa, 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 we are going from zero to a hundred, turning a view into a sale. There are so many little juice squeezing opportunities that lead up to that. But to me, it just sounds like you're teaching to not glaze over people and to take interest and care about them. And that there are so many little 
intricacies that happen before you gain a teammate, before you gain a second order or whatever it may be. Yeah. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to assume most of the people that are going to listen to this are similar to you and that's why they follow you Mm -hmm. and knowing you the way that I do know you, that we are very aligned in everything that I'm saying here. Mm -hmm. All I'm really doing is I'm teaching you an approach to your business that is better aligned with your values. Oh yeah. It feels better. That's all it is. It's just, it is a, it's not right or wrong. Mm-hmm. Just if you're someone that aspires for something more than just hitting a rank mm-hmm. or making a sale, like you truly feel like I've always felt called to this work. Mm-hmm. And so if you're that type of person, mm-hmm. and what I will tell you is what I'm presenting to you today is the only approach that will help you achieve both of your goals. I like that. I like that a lot. Before you leave today, we wrap this up. I have one hard question I want to ask you. I'm really curious what your answer is on it. Why is it easier for so many network marketers to share their product over their opportunity? I'd love to hear your answer. Because they don't have results when it comes to the business. And so is it just, but, but how do they do that? It's like the chicken versus the egg situation. Well, they've, they've, well, so my, my, you should not share your opportunity and content ever. Ooh, hear that everyone. I like it. I'm here for it. Because people are not looking for a a network marketing opportunity. And most of your prospects are not looking to start a business either. Now, if your only goal is to recruit other network marketers and social sellers, then okay, I see how that strategy could work for you. Mm -hmm. But the argument that I would make today is the opportunity for you to enroll and sponsor and recruit people that are not currently a part of this profession today is exponentially larger than the one that you're looking at right now. And so for me, the reason why people have an easier time talking about their products than they do their business or just sharing that part. And it's not just talking about your opportunity. Like a lot of the women that I coach, Jackie, right. That are in like, let's just use makeup as an example. All I see in their content is just makeup tutorial after makeup tutorial after makeup tutorial. It's just all product, product, product. And I'm like, okay, but like you have so much value to offer other women in this other part of your journey related to your personal growth and transformation and leadership and inspiring people that way. I'm like, where's that in your content? And they're like, oh, that's in my stories. I'm like, okay, it belongs on your feed as well, right? So like for me, What's going to attract great business prospects to you is help them become a better version of themselves in ways that are not just related directly to the product that you sell, right? And so to me, that's what you do. But the reason why most people don't do it is because we attach our sense of self-worth to the results of our business. And so we have gotten a couple of customers. We have used the product. We have visible demonstrated results in some way. So it feels more authentic to talk about that. But then we look at our business and our story is we're a complete failure when it comes to that. I can't talk about a business or I can't share my growth or my journey because I don't have a team. I'm not making the money. And so we're always feeling less than, and here's what all of this comes from. We don't know who we're actually talking to on social media. Mm, Bingo. I like it. But that's the reason why. Mm -hmm. And it also, here's the other reason why, if you're talking about your products, you're not talking about yourself. Oh yeah. They hide, they hide behind their products and company because then they don't have to share their story, their values, their beliefs, their journey, because they're afraid to do that. So it's just easier in that sense. 
Well, I appreciate that. That is an amazing answer. Thank you so much. So Bob, let everyone know, I I feel like everyone already follows you, but let everyone know where they can follow you and let, let everyone know where they can, if they want to learn more about this conversation framework and how they can participate in a community like this, where you train on this kind of stuff, where they can find that. Yeah. So um, I best place to follow me would be Instagram for sure. I go live every single morning at 9 a.m. Monday through Friday. So that's where I am putting most of my uh, attention into. So we're hosting a workshop on the 27th and the 28th. Now, even if you're listening to this after those dates, which there's a chance that's true, Mm -hmm. I'm telling you this workshop will be so good. I can almost guarantee you we are going to turn this into something that we offer all the time because I know it's that important. So it's a two-day workshop called From Likes to Leads. I'm going to be teaching you authentic outreach and messaging strategies. Imagine this. Imagine having a, a plan to turn a like on a post that has nothing to do with your business, to turn that into an opportunity in a sale, to know exactly what you're going to do to start a conversation, right? So it's what we talked about, this proactive approach, not waiting for people to come to you, but going out and creating opportunities. We're going to teach you authentic transformational ways to do that in alignment with what we teach. And so that workshop, I think, would be an amazing place for people to go. I love it. In which case, we're releasing this Friday because everyone needs to go to likes. Okay, so I'm sure I guess you'll put that link in the show. I will send me the link and I'll put it in my show notes. Thank you so much, Bob, for being on today. I am just so grateful that I've been able to work with you and that I get to share you with my audience. And we'll see everyone else next week. Thanks for having me, Jackie.